Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. It is me, Chris Carpenter, your faithful host here. Hope everybody's had a great week. We've got some interesting topics to talk about. We're going to start by talking uh, the big news of the week, obviously, in my area of the country, uh, realignment talk. Um, We're going to get into a little bit of my reaction to the Star Trek trailers that were dropped on Friday. I'm going to talk about uh, my experience going to an SWE Fury event, and we may wrap up with a little bit more wrestling talk um, by the time this this is over with. There wasn't a whole lot this week to talk about WWE-wise. But anyway, uh, uh, first, first thing, first reminder, quick programming note. Um, this is the last Tuesday edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, starting next week, we will move to Saturdays, so it'll be Saturday August the 7th will be the next episode of the Chris Carpenter show. So if you're if you subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, it automatically uploads to you. Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure how the other podcast platforms work, but I think if you subscribe it'll it'll uh, give you an update as to when the next uh, podcast of the Chris Carpenter show drops. So, but it'll be next Saturday, August the 7th and uh, through the through the school year, um, we will we will be on a Saturday schedule, and then we'll kind of go from there. I'm actually honestly going week by week at this point with stuff, but uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, it'll be on a Saturday. So obviously, big big news of the week. This was a story that blew up last Wednesday um, when reports started to leak out that uh, UT and Oklahoma. Um, we're wanting to join the SEC, and it's just continued to mushroom and get bigger and bigger and bigger, and uh, it's it's going to be an interesting year uh, uh, in the Big Twelve, uh, to say the least. So, uh, so when it started on Wednesday, I mean, I, I kind of laughed it off a little bit, to be honest with you, uh, just because it it just it just sounded, you know. Just it was just an unnamed source and all this, and then you know, really, I think when when I thought, oh, this this could be a real deal, was Thursday when the um, Big Twelve member institutions without Texas and Oklahoma met. That's when I kind of figured, oh, I I think we may be in uh, in for some uh, trouble here as a Texas Tech. Um, So. Just to, to do a little bit of a recap and just kind of my thoughts on it. So it, basically what it seems like happened is, you know, the A&M people leaked the story on Wednesday. And that's because A&M is pretty upset about the fact that especially University of Texas is coming to the SEC. I mean, the whole reason they left the Big 12 in the first place is they wanted to get out of the shadow of UT. I mean, they're very obsessed about UT down there. I mean, they talk about sawing the horns off. I mean, they're they're obsessed. And so, I mean, that's actually kind of been a bright spot as a tech fan for over all this, you know, debacle is it's really fun to see A&M, you know, throw throw a baby fit and squirm and then also it's it's really fun to see that they're really not that important in the eyes of the SEC because Basically, the SEC has been negotiating with Oklahoma and UT for probably around six months now, and all in secret and all without input from Texas A&M. So that's that's kind of funny to see. I mean, they're they're not as self important as they think they are. Um, so anyway, um, it's it's continued to blow up. 
you know, Monday was kind of the official breakup letter from UT and, and uh, OU, and then today they officially applied to be a members. I mean, that's all a formality. They're going, to, I mean, they're going to the SEC, and so now the the, the big questions are going to be what happens next, especially specifically specifically for Texas Tech. So uh, first of all, you know. There is nobody, you know, A&M is going to stay in the SEC. They're they're just going to, you know, they'll deal. I mean, they're not happy, but you know what? They're, they're, they can waddle around in their millions of dollars that they get from the SEC to have to play UT again. So that's number one. So Tech has really, there's, there's two things on the table, I think, for tech. And I think unfortunately both options are going to lead to a loss of money. Um, you know, the $37 million that they received in TV, I don't think they're going to be able to match that no matter what option they take. Um, option number one is stay in the big 12 and help the big 12 expand, reach out to other universities to come to the big 12 now, in this scenario, you're not going to get any school from a Power 5 conference. You know, there's been chatter about, well, Nebraska's unhappy with the Big Ten, or maybe we can get Colorado back since, you know, the, the albatross known as UT has finally left. Or maybe we can lure the Arizona schools, or maybe we can do this. No. If, there, if you are in a Power 5, well, now probably a Power 4 conference, so I'm talking Big Ten, ACC, SEC, Pac-12, you're not going to leave to come to the unstable Big 12. It's That would make zero sense. I mean, yeah, Nebraska's unhappy with the Big 10. Yeah, they haven't been as good since they went to the Big 10. But again, they're making loads and loads of money. Okay? Colorado... I think they're happy in the big in the Pac-12. They're not going to come back. Missouri, they may not be happy that UT's coming, but again, they're in the SEC. They're making all that money. They're going to be fine. They're not going to leave. And so, if you're if you're choosing to go the stay in the Big 12 expansion route, and in, and in all honesty, this may not be a choice for Tech because we'll talk about option two in just a minute. Um, you know you're you're going to have to add schools from one of the groups the groups of five, and most likely you're probably going to be rating the AAC, the American Athletic Conference. Now, who do you add? Well, I mean, I think there's several schools that would be on the table: Memphis, Cincinnati, uh, UCF, Houston, maybe SMU. Um, those would be the schools in the AAC I could see targeting. Um, you know, BYU, there's been this banty about BYU. Maybe you add them. I think, I think the fact that BYU doesn't play on Sundays is very problematic to adding them in. And I really don't think you get much out of BYU. But I mean, honestly, looking at those other schools from the AAC, what are you getting out of them is the big question. Um, you know, Cincinnati, you would get a little bit more of a regional partner for West Virginia. They've had solid football seasons. 
they have been in the past good in in basketball. They they kind of fell fell down this year. Um, you get into Ohio, but I mean again, I they're not replacing UT or OU, and again that's going to be the refrain for all of these. Um, Memphis, you get a, a pretty good good sized market in uh, Memphis. You get in you kind of get into that southeastern part of the United States. Memphis has been strong in football in the past. Um, they're a very strong basketball school. So if, if, you know, if the big 12 wants to focus in on, well, you know, we, we can't build a great football brand, but let's build a great basketball brand. Memphis makes a lot of sense. Um, but again, is that going to move the needle financially? Probably not. Um, then you get into the uh, UCF. Uh, UCF has obviously they've done very well in football uh, the last few years. Um, you get yourself into the Florida market. Basketball, I mean, they've been not very good. I think they were good when uh, what was that big guy? I think Taco Fall wasn't that his name was there. But beyond that, they haven't been very strong basketball wise. Um, so, I mean, if you choose UCF, you're choosing it based on football and getting into Florida. Um, could happen. I mean, again, you know, not really going to move the needle after losing UT and OU. Then finally get to the Texas schools. And let's talk about the Texas schools. You know, the University of Houston has poured a lot of money into facilities um, Houston is obviously a large market, a media market. Um, they would be, I think, the school that looks most attractive to invite into the into a Power Five. Now, here's my opinion as a Tech fan: I would not want to invite them into the Big Twelve if 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 we have to end up staying in the Big Twelve because you are inviting a program in that is going to siphon off recruits from you. Um, I think that's a bad option. If I was, if I was leader at tech, I would do everything I can not to let Houston in. And it's the same with SMU too, by the way, SMU is a little bit uh, weaker facility wise. They're, you know, football, they're, they're, they're on the rise with the Sunny Dykes basketball. They kind of, they were good when Larry Brown was there when, you know, he left. I think, you know, they haven't been really that good since. But again, that's not a good move for Tech to want to bring in the SMUs and the U- University of Houston's into the Big 12. These are programs that if you give them a platform of being in a Power 5 conference with you, especially University of Houston, that's the big one that could really, I think, hurt Tech, they're going to siphon off recruits from you. So, if Tech has to stay in the Big 12, Tech needs to assert itself as being the big dog in this new conference. Um, and they need to basically put the kibosh on bringing in University of Houston and SMU. Now, the other teams talked about, if if the option is we have to stay in the big 12 and expand then you know i would probably go with ucf first just to get florida 
get into the Florida market. Um, then probably Memphis. And then um, probably Cincinnati. Now, if we're adding only two teams, I think Memphis UCF would be the best option. I think if we're in, if we're staying in the Big Twelve, we're probably going to have to add four teams. And so, what I would like to see happen, I haven't mentioned one of the teams that I'm about to mention, but I would bring in Memphis, UCF, Cincinnati, and Tulane. And here's why I'd bring Tulane in. Number one, I don't want the Texas schools in the Big 12. If Texas Tech, if, if we're having to stay, Tech needs to swing the big stick around and really, as much as they can, put the kibosh on University of Houston and SMU coming in. Tulane could be an option. Here's why. Get you into uh, the New Orleans market. You're in the southeast. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they're not good at sports, but honestly, that doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, that would be another win for Tech, and we, we, you know, in football especially, we need wins, but I think that's what I would do if I'm tech is really try and push no Texas schools coming in. I think at the very least we can get the big 12. If we have to stay in the big 12, we can get this big 12 schools to agree to a Memphis, a Cincinnati, a UCF, and then add Tulane. Now the other option, if you don't want to add Tulane is maybe add U- university of South Florida. Then you've got two Florida schools and then you've got the Memphis Cincinnati, but again, and I don't, and this is not the best option for Tech. If we're having to stay in the Big Twelve, we're losing a buttload of money, and we're not in a Power Five conference anymore, and that's not good. But if this is the if this is the option we have, if the best option is not available, then Tech needs to ensure that. University of Houston especially, but also SMU does not come into the Big 12 because that will ultimately hurt recruiting at Tech, especially University of Houston. And so the four that they would that they would add in that scenario, that they should add in that scenario, is Memphis, Cincinnati, UCF, and either Tulane or University of South Florida. I think really either of those schools probably interchangeable South Florida is a little bit better in football but um you know if I'm tech especially tech football I'd be pushing for Tulane because then we get another hopefully easy win on our schedule so that is option one is staying in the big 12 and expanding now option two and this is the option that I think every tech fan wants to have happen and it's still not a good option I think we still lose money but this is the option that will ensure that Tech can stay at a high level athletically, and that is let's go to the Pac-12. Go Pac-16 is what, what, what would end up happening. And I think the biggest sticking point in this scenario from happening is will the Pac-12 choose to expand? I think if the Pac-12 chooses to expand – I, th- I believe that Tech and Oklahoma State would be the top two programs on their list to expand. Um, this would get them into the central time zone. I think one of the number one problems that the Pac-12 has is too many of their games 
are on way late at night, you're talking 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Eastern Time, this would get them into the central time zone if they invite Oklahoma State and Tech. This would also get them into the state of Texas. With A&M and UT off the board, I believe Texas Tech is the next best option for the Pac-12 to get into Texas. Now, I know some people would say, well, what about University of Houston? University of Houston. Okay. Yes, you would get the Houston media market. Yes, um, they've had pretty solid athletic programs. But if you were to compare alumni, if you were to compare the size of the facilities, Texas Tech wins out over University of Houston. Now, the Pac-12 would have to go to 16 in this scenario, and if they go to 16, could potentially University of Houston come along for the ride with Tech and Oklahoma State? Yeah, but again, if you're Tech, you want to put the kibosh on that because I think you know University of Houston, if you get them into a Power 5 conference, that's a bad scenario for Tech. I think that hurts tech recruiting-wise more than bringing another program along. Now, here's where we get to what would be the other program, the other two programs that come along. I think if there's a possibility it could be the University of Houston. I hope not. That would be, I think, a bad option for tech, but it could be. Um, now you get into... Who's left in the Big 12? So we've got eight schools left. If Oklahoma State and Tech go to the Pac-12, then I think the Big 12 is gone. It's done. It's dismantling. So the other programs have to find homes. West Virginia is going to go to the ACC. I believe in this scenario, the ACC is going to get to 16 by bringing in West Virginia and adding Notre Dame as a permanent member. The Big Ten would then add Kansas and Iowa State. Kansas, because of they're attractive for basketball, I think Iowa State makes a little bit more sense than Kansas State, and that's because um, I think Iowa State has a little bit more upside as far as their programs. You know, th- there's this assumption that Matt Campbell leaves Iowa State at some point for a cushier job. If you get Iowa State in the Big Ten and he's getting that Big Ten money, maybe he sticks around. And, you know, Iowa State historically has had pretty strong basketball programs. You know, they, you know, they, 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 been on a a swoon the last few years and, you know, they've hired a new coach, but, you know, Iowa State's had some solid basketball programs, so I could see them fitting in the Big Ten more than Kansas State. Now you're left with three Big 12 programs, Kansas State, Baylor, and TCU. Most people believe that Baylor is probably in the worst position of the Big 12 schools. Um, number one, there is this belief, and again, I, I, don't, I don't think they've ever come out and said this, but there's this belief that the Pac-12 would not take a religious institution. That hurts Baylor, 
and it actually hurts Baylor more than TCU, and I'll talk about that in a minute. The other problem that Baylor has is there's still a lot of stink on Baylor from the sexual assault scandals. Um, And again, this was not only a football issue. This was a campus-wide issue. They were covering up sexual assaults, not just from people on the football team, but other Baylor students. And so there's this question of, you know, would these Pac-12 institutions want to bring in something as scandal-ridden as Baylor? You don't get, honestly, a whole lot out of Baylor coming in. Yeah, I know they won the national championship basketball just this year, but, you know, again, I think they're the ones in the most trouble of being left behind. Um, TCU is a little bit more attractive because they're in Fort Worth, and so there might be this perception of, well, we're going to get the Metroplex if we bring in TCU. Now, if you've ever, if you've been in the Big Twelve the last, you know, ten years that TCU's been in it, and you've seen TCU games on TV, you would know that attendance-wise, they don't have very good attendance. And I mean, when Tech goes down there to play, it's like a Tech home game. I mean, Tech fans are filling up their stadium more than the TCU fans, even in football. And we we stink and we've stunk in football for ten years, but um. You know, and again, TCU technically, and they don't like to, they don't like to, you know, own this, but it's Texas Christian University. That's what it was founded as. It still is a religious institution and and it still gets money from the Disciples of Christ denomination. Now, TCU has done a lot of things, not only athletically, but academically and culturally to distance themselves from that Christian university label, but is that going to be enough for, you know, potentially the Pac-12 to bring them in? I don't know. And then finally you got Kansas State. Now, Kansas State, their best option is to find a life preserver with someone other than Kansas because they're going to get abandoned by Kansas. You know, Kansas State, I don't, they don't bring a whole lot to the table as far as location and athletics. The question is then going to be it is can they can they persuade the Pac-12 people enough that we're a better option than bringing in a religious institution. You know, I think that might be their best, the best thing about Kansas State in the eyes of the Pac-12 is if the Pac-12 is wanting to expand to the 16, Kansas State's a state school. It's not a religious institution. And if you look at this, quote unquote, the schools that are left in the Big 12, they've got a chance. I think they're still in trouble, though, because... You know, at this, uh, if if this Pac-16 thing happens, you know, they could take Tech and Oklahoma State, but then they could go and they could take, you know, University of Houston, or they could take a San Diego State or a Boise State. I don't, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think those schools fit the academic hierarchy of the Pac-12, but. 
you know, at this point, if, if you're trying to get to 16 teams in the best way possible, those schools might be more attractive. So the biggest problem with the Pac-16 scenario is, does the Pac-12 want to expand? Um, and do they feel like it's going to be worth the money to bring in Oklahoma State and Tech? That's going to be the big thing. I'm hoping that's the option that we end up with. I think that's the best option for Tech. I think we're not going to see the money we see right now from the Big 12 at this point. Um, there's still issues with going to the Pac-16, I think chief of which is TV. Um, does anybody know how to get to the, Pac- the Pac-12 network or subscribe to it? <laughs> that's, that's, that's problem number one. And so my hope would be if we end up in this Pac-16 scenario is that we somehow renegotiate a media, the media deal. Maybe the Pac-12 network goes away, or maybe it gets absorbed into like an ESPN Plus scenario. Again, tech's going to lose money from what they're making now, but the Pac-16 scenario allows them, to, I think, to lose the least amount of money, and then who knows when the next realignment stuff happens at least you're in the power five conference you know because i think we're going to get to a point where if we have if we go to the super conference format and it's the 64 teams going to the pack 16 gets you to that 64 cutoff well and eventually you know what a lot of people believe is we're going to get to this 32 teams and then if you're in that 64 with the Pac-16, I don't know if you make that 32-team cutoff. At this point, no, well, the way things at football have been. But 64 at least allows you into the door. And I think for the other sports, basketball, baseball specifically, going to the Pac-16 is going to allow those sports to continue to flourish. In basketball, you look at the environment in the Pac-16 in basketball – Tech is still going to be one of the top programs in basketball. Baseball, it's going to be still a pretty top-notch program, um, and you're still you're still going to be able to lure lure some of those recruits, especially those recruits from California, um, you know, into our program. So I'm hoping the Pac-16 is what happens. I'm not sure if the Pac-12 wants to expand. So it's kind of we're kind of in a wait and see mode. There is an option three, and I'm just going to mention it really quickly, and that is, you know, supposedly the AAC is wanting to expand, you know, bring the former Big 12 schools in. I think that's the worst option, by the way, um, just because, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, we'll be the big dog in this conference. No, you know, first of all, the AAC TV money is awful. It's like, I think, $3 million a year. Compared to thirty-seven million, I mean that's a huge, massive hit, and I think that I don't think we bring those programs up in that situation. I think we bring the. I think our program goes down. I think at the very least, if we end up in a a Big Twelve expansion, I don't think we have as big of a free fall athletic wise as we would if we end up in the, in an AAC situation. So. Um, that would be a no for me to to do that. That that's not to me. That's not a good option at all. So, stay tuned. We'll see what happens. But you know, uh, number one, everybody do the horns down this year. Um, number two, uh, 
it'll be nice not to have to deal with the shenanigans of UT. Um, good luck with that SEC. <laughs> it'll also be fun to see the SEC slap them down a little bit because, you know, they're not going to put up with, with those sorts of things. So, but, you know, everywhere you go, boo UT and OU because they are traitors and bye. <laughs> so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about Star Trek. Uh, last Friday, we had uh, two trailers drop for the two Star Trek animated series. We had the first trailer for Star Trek Prodigy. We don't have a premiere date yet, but I'm going to talk in just a second about when I, when I think it's going to premiere. But um, we had a trailer drop that showed uh, footage from this new Star Trek Prodigy. And i got to say, I'm still very excited about um, Star Trek Prodigy. I think it's going to be a, a great program and and excited to see captain janeway again um as far as when it premieres all they said was fall 2021 i think at this point you're gonna see prodigy premiering after lower decks is off the air for the season so lower decks is gonna drop august 11th um there's gonna be 10 episodes it's gonna take you into october my prediction right now is you will see star trek prodigy premiere sometime in mid-October. I also think you're going to see some overlap with Star Trek Prodigy and Discovery, meaning you're going to have two Star Trek shows on at the same time. Because, you know, they guaranteed, part of the guarantee for 2021 was we're going to get three Star Trek shows this year. Prodigy, Lower Decks, Discovery. And so I think Discovery is going to drop maybe in November or even maybe December. Um, They're going to start their season and then go into 2022. And then I'll talk a little bit about 2022 in just a minute. But I think what you'll end up having is you're going to have a little bit of overlap as far a few weeks with Prodigy and Discovery. And that that actually is okay. Um, I don't think that's going to cause overkill because I think you've got two very vastly different programs in Prodigy and Discovery and two potentially vastly different audiences. I think obviously Prodigy is going to be a program more aimed for kids. I don't necessarily see a lot of the kid audience of Prodigy watching Discovery. Now, people that watch Discovery, I think you're going to see a lot of them wanting to watch uh, Prodigy, Um, but I don't think it's going to cause an overkill situation. So, that's kind of my prediction as far as when it premieres. I can't wait for it to premiere. I think it's going to be a great show. We also saw uh, the drop uh, dropping of uh, another Lower Decks trailer. and We had some fun little Easter eggs. Um, you know, like I said, and I've said this a couple times on this podcast, you know, if you're a fan of the 90s Star Trek, Lower Decks is probably the show you're going to like the best because they bring in a lot of Easter eggs of those 90 Star Trek shows. I mean, you know, in the trailer, they had, you know, a talking Tom Paris plate, and it was actually voiced by Tom Paris himself, Robert Duncan McNeil. And so, you know, if you haven't been real sure of the other shows that have dropped, I would recommend watch Lower Decks, you know, and get a feel for it. I think that's the one you're going to like the most if you're a fan of that 90s Star Trek show, uh, 90s Star Trek shows. So um, my other prediction, I just think the way that the calendar is going, I think with 2022 rolling around, you'll start with Discovery 
then I think it'll probably be Picard, then Strange New Worlds, and then possibly Lower Decks, or possibly it could be season uh, season five of of Discovery because I think they're, um, you know, they've they've put season four in the can. Now I think they're kind of you know starting to write season five of Discovery. But you know, twenty twenty two is shaping up to be a pretty big year for uh, Star Trek TV shows, and you know potentially getting to that 52 weeks of Star Trek on TV. I don't know. I think we're going to get very close in 2022. I want to talk a little bit now uh, about my experience at the SWE Fury event that I went to on Saturday. Uh, So SWE stands for Southwest Entertainment. This is an independent wrestling organization, um, mainly out of of Texas, although um, they do televise uh, in Louisiana and Kentucky as well. But um, this was my first experience at kind of a number one, a TV taping. This is a TV taping, um, but also uh, this first experience with an independent wrestling event. And, you know, you had a lot of guys um, that were ex-WWE stars in this SWE. You had the Boogeyman, you had Charlie Haas, Rodney Mack, you know, Teddy Long is the general manager of SWE, so he has an on-screen role um, as well. You had Big Cass, you had Molina, so you have a lot of a lot of uh, former WWE stars, and then you have a lot of other stars that um, I guess have been on the indie scene. I, I'm not, by, by any stretch of the imagination, an expert on indie wrestling. Um, you know, I watch a little bit of AEW. I don't watch Impact Wrestling. I don't really watch Ring of Honor um, I've heard of few people, but I, you know, I just, I just don't watch it that much. Um, but I, I would say a couple things about the 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 live show here at SWE. I was very impressed. Um, you know, I thought they put on a great show. It was a long show; it was about four hours. It was a TV taping, and so you saw multiple guys come out for multiple matches. So it'll be, I think they said it was going to be about four episodes worth of TV taping. Um, but you know, it's a pretty, pretty good event. You know, if you're interested in wrestling and, and, you know, you like watching wrestling, I would recommend if they come to your town, you know, go, go to an SWE, SWE event, especially if you have kids, I thought they were very kid friendly. Um, the wrestlers were very accessible. I mean, they had autograph events and they had autograph events even in, in during the show, you know, during intermission and, um, but it's a, it's a very, very great show. Uh, uh, the one d- number one drawback was the facility didn't have air conditioning. And that was that kind of was a little rough, uh, especially, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a cold air guy. So I was like, oh, that was a little rough. But um, if you know, watch it on TV as well. I mean, if you're in the Lubbock area, it's on KCBD and it's on at 4 a.m. So you know, record it. I mean, most of us aren't up at 4 a.m. on a Sunday morning, but yeah, record it. And I think it's also available in other markets around Texas. But interesting, uh, you know, if they come back, I might consider going again. Um, just depends. But uh, it was a great event nonetheless. Um, not a whole lot of thoughts right now about wrestling. Um, I did see that looks like we're going to get a queen of the ring this year. So the women are going to have their own event, which I think that'll be kind of cool. I always liked the King of the Ring. Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the winner of the King of the Ring having the King gimmick. I think sometimes you're, that's a square peg in a round hole. 
Um, but I, I like having the King of the Ring event. You know, I think that's a great opportunity to create new stars. I would love for the Queen of the Ring event to do that. Translation, Charlotte Flair shouldn't win it. Becky Lynch shouldn't win it. Sasha shouldn't win it. Um, I'd like to see him try and, uh, you know, have another star, you know, crown a new new star. And I think that would be an interesting thing to do. But be interesting to see how it's going to work. Supposedly it's going to be in October. So we'll just kind of stay tuned and, and see uh, what, what happens with that. So anyway, that's uh, this is it for the Chris Carpenter Show this week. Again, remember that we are moving to Saturdays. So I will not be on again till Saturday, August the 7th. So a lot of stuff can happen between now and then. I mean, <laughs> you know, who knows? The Big 12 could just blow up and who knows? But uh, well, I'll definitely have a podcast for you on August the 7th that will drop. So anyway, hope everybody has a great week and I will see you Saturday, August the 7th for the Chris Carpenter Show.